First of all, um, let me say good morning. Buenos dias. Buenos dias. Gracias igual. And as Father James said, my name is Father Dan St. Laurent. Um, I'm a saint in name only. Um, and as he also mentioned, I, um, well, let me just say this. I, I, I'm well aware of the relationship that St. Margaret Parish has with um, Honduras. So I don't need to ask the question, do you know where Honduras is? I, other places I do, but I'm not here because you've had this relationship and I applaud you for that. Um, I think the question I need to ask, because he told you I was from New Hampshire, is do you know where New Hampshire is? <laughs> yes? yes? Anybody from New Hampshire? By the way, nobody has relocated to here? But you know where it is, right? It's part of New England. We have a team too, you know. <laughs> a couple of them, as a matter of fact. Um, <laughs> well, we can talk about that afterwards. I'm here because I've been in Honduras. And um, I'm here as part of this mission appeal. It's a cooperative thing that the bishop started years ago, you know, that the church in the United States started, and the church in Canada, where each parish would invite someone from the missions, whether it be missions, the domestic missions, or whether it be missions in another country. But uh, to help us to realize that we are one, we are one church, in that there are some areas that have great need and great poverty. And so in Honduras, it is said that 60 to 65% of the population lived in poverty. That means less than $2 a day. And the area where I am in San Francisco de La Paz, in the department of Olancho, and that's why I'm here. I'm here on behalf of the, the Diocese of Juticalpa, which is the capital city of Olancho. Your relationship has been with Tegucigalpa. And so I'm from Juticalpa, the Diocese of Juticalpa. And um, it's much more rural than what you would find in Tegucigalpa. And um, not as densely populated. But in the town where I have been, in San Francisco de la Paz, which is probably about and you put everybody together, those in the town and those in the 32 aldeas, you get a total population of about 18,000 people. 35 to 50% of the children under the age of five suffer from chronic malnutrition. Only 19.8 of children who start the first grade will finish high school. That's part of the reality. When I first arrived there, and it was actually it was September of 2001. And then a few months later, there was a doctor from Ohio, from the Cleveland area, who was down volunteering in the small medical clinic that we have in the parish. And I went to see him on his first day, and I said, how did it go? And he said, a woman came in today with her infant at her breast, but she has no milk. And they are both malnourished severely. And if we don't do something, in three days, I fear they both will be dead. I had never heard anything like that. 
So, you know, we did the usual immediate stuff just to meet the immediate need. And we went out and bought stuff and went to the village and found her and gave her. And then, but after that experience, you know, which is like one of those defining moments. And I said to myself, okay, St. Lawrence, if you are going to stay here, you cannot do nothing. So I had to think about that and, and what would I do and, and you know, so we started this program and um, I brought in these four guys that I had gotten to know, young men married with children, they had a stake in the future, they wanted their children to live in a better environment. You know, even though I grew up in New Hampshire, I knew nothing about agriculture, but I thought that one way we could address the issue of malnutrition would be through gardens. And we started with single moms and showing them how they, with a little plot of land and a drip irrigation system, and you know, and we would, we would help prepare the land and show them how to install the irrigation system. We would provide the initial seeds and we would offer any technical support for two years. That this something half the size of this area in here can three times a year with the irrigation system they can have cabbage and carrots and radishes and you know whatever celery and tomatoes and whatever else they want to plant. And we give them a, 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 we've given some one village every every house in the village 60 houses got avocado trees, so they have that right on their own property. So it's all about how to address the nutrition question. So we have the, that, that we do community gardens where it might be eight, 10, 14 families that come together, and then we do school gardens up in the rural the rural areas up in the hills where the children. You know, it's a one-room schoolhouse, grade one through six, one teacher, and where they have, if they have a plot of land, they have access to water, we will help them start a garden. So they then can consume what comes out of the garden, they can bring it home. One school even started the business, because they had such a, such a harvest that they decided they were gonna have their own little business. And they set up a business where they sold the, the vegetables to anybody in the village who wanted to buy them, and they used the money to buy things for the school. So, how do you address the nutrition question? Just one small way. And then we have a, with the medical clinic, we provide from our main garden, we provide for uh, vegetables and fruit to about 100 families. Last year, last year, we provided, with all of the gardens, vegetable uh, for about 3,000 people. We have a program called Adelante to help keep the students in school. In Adelante, they have a padrino or madrina, a sponsor, and then it helps them to buy the shoes, the pants, the notebook, the pens, whatever else they need to go to school, because if they don't have any of those things, they don't get into school and the parents don't have that kind of money to buy it. So we are doing this small thing to keep them in school. And we offer tutoring. And we have local university students who, who commute to provide tutoring to the younger students and encourage them to stay in school. And the tutors get a small stipend that covers their transportation costs. So we want to change that figure of 19.8%. Now last year, their school year goes February to November. 
So last November, 24 students who had been in our Adelante program graduated high school, which probably would not have happened to that number had they not been in the program. Before I left, I met a woman on the street, Yolanda. Hey, Yolanda, como esta? I said to her, she's walking on the other side of the street. Oh, Padre Daniel, muy bien. So then I went over to her and I, I said, how's Naon, her son? And she said, with a great smile on her face, he passed the entrance exam for the university and he's now taking classes. He had been in Adelante, I think, for six years. She's a single mom, doesn't have the money. It wouldn't have happened. We had a group of students from the campus ministry program at the Catholic University of Honduras in the Juticalpa branch come up to San Francisco and we did a day-long thing with 150 students and the theme was creating a culture of peace. Honduras, as you may know and have been reading, is off the charts when it comes to violence. In the United States, we figure five to six murders per 100,000. Honduras, it's like 90 to 92. San Pedro Sula is like 137. We need to do something to offset that violence. So we offered creating a culture of peace and the hope that that would make a difference. So those are the things that we're trying to do. You know, you feed people. <laughs> you want healthy people. You want people, you know, who are educated and who can think critically, perhaps. You know, and you want people who have good values. Then things will change. Then things will change. So it's about being church in a different location. It's not here. It's not the reality that is here. But it's the reality that is there. And that's where church is. The, I, I didn't say this at the other uh, other uh, liturgies this weekend, but you know that first reading is all about the an arrogant leader who God is saying, I will thrust you from your office. There are no more arrogant and corrupt leaders in Central America than those you find in Honduras. It is the most corrupt country in Latin America. Huh? So you got the violence, you got the corruption. So where do the people look? Where can they look for hope? Where can they look, you know, for integrity? And the church continues to be, you know, that institution that they know they can count on. Even though the church may not be able to do everything, they know that the church is doing something to make the reality different, to make it better. So I am here as a brother asking you to support the Diocese of Huticalpa in its efforts to make that part, Olancho, a better place. First, please, prayer. Remember the people in Olancho. And secondly, today, if you can do something, um, you know, financially, 
here, as Father James said, there are envelopes there, you know, available for you to make a contribution. If you didn't come prepared today, I think that they would take it next week, as long as you make a notation of mission on it. But so the, those two things, you know, if you can, because we're all one. We are all one church. And this is a long-standing tradition. I think if you read through Paul, and it may be 2 Corinthians, I'm not sure, exactly sure, you know, where he makes an appeal to one church to help support another church, you know, we, we find it in the Acts of the Apostles. So I'm standing on that ground of being part of one community. I come to you here, you know, at St. Margaret of York from the Diocese of Huticalpa, and saying, um, please help us. Please remember that we are all one and that we are in need. And if you can help us in any way through your prayer, through the sharing of uh, financial resources, you would be deeply, we would be deeply grateful and would remember you in gratitude to God. So thanks so much. Que Dios les bendiga. God bless.